The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christados. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Elbrick, codenamed Death Pro. Well, at ease, DJ Christados. And to all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, I want to welcome everyone to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way. Through the Devil's Do Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Cristados and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. Our Bravo team leader, the Weasel Skull, is off on a mission. So we are bringing in a Crusaders Club member. Meow, 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 meow. Exactly. We have Michael Wagner, codename Ice Panther. Welcome to the show, Ice Panther. Thanks for having me. Ice Panther is a dope name. <laughs> it's a long, long tradition behind it. Yeah? Tell yeah. the story. Well, uh, you said I needed a, a code name, and I looked into a random generator, typed in my nice. name, and uh, Ice Panther came up. And you were like, hell yeah. works. <laughs> All right. Was it the first choice, or? <laughs> yes, it was. Wow. Ooh. It was fate. Ice Panther, I love it. All right. Well, welcome to Fort Longbox. So, now, this is the part of the show where we debrief our new recruits. We asked their origin story with G.I. Joe. How did you first fall in love with the franchise? And then after that, I'm going to ask you to name your three favorite characters, be they Joes or Cobras. But let's start with your origin story. How did you fall in love with G.I. Joe? I think it was four years old. Uh, 1982, Christmas. I got a rock and roll and a grunt. Nice. And I got my first vehicle, which is the Mobat. Ooh. I thought he was going to say Ram. I thought he was going to say Ram, too. But, man, nope. he went like straight to top-level vehicle. <laughs> yes. And after that, I was just like, I think every Christmas was a nice, good vehicle, but I was getting figures here and there. Between 1982 and 85, I would get a few, but mostly it was like, there was a lot of He-Man and Star Wars, so it kind of got diluted. But like 1985, cartoon, a couple of comics, and more interesting Joes, I was all in. Nice, nice. So he's just in pretty much on the ground floor. Mm -hmm. So you came in much like I came in via the toys. Yes. Toys first, and then I discovered there was a show, and then I learned about the comics. Or it might have been Toys and Comics and Show, but Toys were definitely my gateway, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Comics, I didn't really read too much of back in the 80s. Uh, I picked up one here and there. It was a really cool cover, but other than that, I, I didn't get into it much. Oh, okay. There's a whole world just waiting for you there. Oh, yeah. Speaking of the toys like we did, what are your thoughts? Three favorite characters from G.I. Joe. Be they Joe or Cobra, if you had to pick three, who would they be? Only three. It's hard. I know. <laughs> it's like my my most favorite is two people. I mean, they're always together. The is it Tomax and Zabot? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, no. Same year, though. Flint and Lady J. Oh, okay. Well, oh, you're okay. here on a good issue then, aren't you? For our podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Other than that, I mean, if that can count as one. Sure. I'd say... Storm Shadow next, just because it's just totally cool. Absolutely. And then Beachhead. 
I love oh, this man. guy. He's I love butter. this guy. I think he's buttering you up. <laughs> I, I love this guy. Beachhead's my favorite. And Storm Shadow's awesome. And of course, the Flint and Lady J. It's just great stuff. So yeah, this is a great issue for you to be in on. Yeah, yeah really, Flint and Lady J were like the cartoon for me. Nice. Yeah, well, that makes sense because they kind of really dedicated a lot to Flint and Lady J. Well, they sidelined Snake Eyes because he's doesn't say anything right, right. So so that's kind of how you ended scarlet up with like duke and scarlet early yeah, on that's just weird. <laughs> which is weird doesn't like, feel oh, right my brother and sister no no no, <laughs> <laughs> no man <laughs> awesome awesome those are great great answers and with those great answers i'll hand it over to dj cristados for this episode's intelligence report All right, thank you, Death Probe. Now let's go and get into this mission's issue. We'll be covering G.I. Joe number 19 from Image. It's got a cover date of June 2003, but its on-sale date was July 23rd, 2003. Slipping. Slipping. It's got a June cover date, third week of July. Somebody somebody get friend of the show Josh Blaylock on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, man, we're just pumping stuff out here. Ah, we'll, we'll cut up some Give him a break. We'll cut up some stuff. Editor was Scott Worley. The writer is friend of the show, Josh Blaylock. Penciler, Brandon Bardu. Inker is John Larder and Andrew Pepoy. Colorist is Hi-Fi Color Design. And letterer goes to Dreamer Designs. Cover art go to Tim Seeley. And the back cover is David Michael Beck. Always doing those nice back covers. He really is. And you know what? We were remiss and we didn't even mention his back cover last time, which was a really cool picture of Jinx in her black outfit. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best back covers he's ever done. And we forgot to mention it on (laughs) issue 18. Yeah, I I definitely would say I've been enjoying those covers Beck has been doing on on the back covers there. All right, and speaking about the covers or back covers, let's go ahead and take a look at the front cover of this issue. Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. You got it. Take cover! The image eye is highlighted in white as it blends in with its crimson background. The cover price still $2.95. The main action is a striking image of Flint and Baroness embraced in a passionate kiss. He's holding a pistol. She's holding a knife. That's what I got for you, Pat. All right, thanks, Death Probe. Now let's go ahead and get into what you guys think of the cover. And we will start with our guest, Ice Panther. It definitely gets your attention. I mean, why is Flint kissing the Baroness? Mm-hmm. Well, why I mean, not, is what I say. But also, <laughs> or is the Baroness kissing him? Oh. Ooh. If you had to say who was doing what. It does seem like a little bit of innuendo. I mean, he is ready to fire his gun. Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> he's got fingered on the trigger, ready to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Baroness, she keeps it classy. She holds her, her dagger with a pinky out. Nice. Nice detail. I think, I think the only issues I have with this are it has that early 2000s no inking color. It's a little muddy. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it, it definitely, definitely I want to pick it up. Death Probe. Yeah, I am going to agree with the Iced Panther over there, which sounds like a delicious, refreshing beverage, by the way. <laughs> it was, I think it was something I would get in the summertime. The guy yeah. would drive by and you'd hear the music. Yo, yo, give me one of those Ice Panthers. Can I get an Ice Panther? That'll be 75 cents, son. We wandered off. Anyway, 
This cover is really, really great. It's so memorable. It's one of my most memorable covers from this run because it was such a wow factor. Like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, Flint is with Lady J and now he's kissing the Baroness. And if you've been reading the issues, you know that they have gotten closer because they've been captured together and like, oh my goodness, what's going down in this issue? And as we learned from writer Josh Blaylock, the whole point of this cover was to have a payoff homage moment later in the story. And if you remind me, I'll get back to that. But artistically, I think it is pretty good. I did pick up on the same thing that the Panther picked up on, that it feels like nobody inked it. Like maybe it went from pencils to color work and it's not bad. It just feels a tiny bit weird, but uh, I like it overall. And with that, I'll pass it to you, DJ Cristados. Do you think it's like painted? I, I think it's made to look painted. I think that's okay. still digital color work. It's very similar to that Salvador La Roca's work on Extreme X-Men. Just It goes pencils to color, I okay. think. That's why it's a little fuzzy. Hmm. Interesting. That process works better now, 15 years later. But <laughs> I suppose then what it did back then is they're yeah. just kind of getting started. Yeah. Huh. I tell you what I do like. I like the color background. Yeah, it was a good choice for that. that yeah. Crimson. I think it's really good. I like it. It reminds me. Of two, like the Crimson Guard too. If you, you really look at it too, it's got like stain. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of texture to it. If you if you really look at it, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And like there's some watermarks or something yeah, like that too. Exactly. Yeah. As you do a deeper dive, that's what I'm thinking. Could this have been like a watercolor and maybe? I, ah, it's I all digital. It's I'm hard almost to positive. Say. Okay. So so I'll mar- leave it to the expert. Yeah, subtle marbling. It looks like on the back. Yeah. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Subtle I pour, I pour that over my ice panther that I got from the ice cream truck. Oh, <laughs> Get back on track, Pat. <laughs> no, you know, uh, to me, I, I, I like it. I like the, maybe it is just the softness of it that comes out in this. You see the softness of the two, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it plays moment. well for romance. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. I like the Baroness's kind of hair color there, too. Kind of she, playing she off always there. looks good. Yeah, well, I, don't know. I guess I'm, I'm beating around the bush. Yeah, uh, she yeah, the, uh, the, the uh, Baroness action figure definitely um, changed my life as a kid. Hey, Michael and <laughs> I are definitely <laughs> kindred spirits. Both love Beachhead and Baroness for two completely different reasons. <laughs> uh, all right, well, with our thoughts on the cover out of the way, let's go ahead and find out how we would rate this cover. Here we do a scale of one to ten flag points. One meaning you didn't like it at all, and ten meaning it's perfect. You should make it a recruiting poster out of it. Ooh, this is a weird, weird recruiting poster. <laughs> I'd be inclined to sign up, though. I mean, yeah, well, I don't, <laughs> I'd be like, eh, I get a pistol with this beautiful woman. Yeah, I don't know. But then she might stab you, so there's a downside. <laughs> oh, I thought she was just using out, that dude. knife to uh, peel out. the potatoes or something. You know. <laughs> He caught her and said, hey, you got more overtime duty here to peel those potatoes. <laughs> and she goes, no, I don't. You've built a whole scenario around this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you got time on your hands. That's a G.I. Joe romance novel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ice Panther, tell us, one to ten, what are you going to rate this one? I think I'm going to give it an eight. I do like it. I mean, it does have that flaw, but that's age, so I'm not going to hold that against it. Okay. Definitely an eight. Death Probe. I was feeling an 8-2, but I'm going to give it the bump up because I like how memorable it is. Like, when we started this adventure, we started Mm -hmm. G.I. Joe Chronicles of Devil's Due Years. You'd ask me to name some covers. 
this is one of the first one that came to mind. And, I mean, it was so controversial back in the day. I mean, when we posted that we were recording this episode over on Twitter, friend of the show, Josh Blaylock, came in and said, we caught so much flack for that cover on the message boards, because this was like 2002. The message boards lit up, or 2003 message boards were a thing. But anyway, very memorable, so I'm going all the way to nine. What about you, Pat? I'm going with a nine, too. I think I'm there. The background color definitely does it for me and the softness of it all. And like you said, it is a memorable cover. And with what happens in this issue, I think it plays pretty well. Yeah, you're all softy. Yeah, I am. You know me. I like it when you get two people get together to peel some potatoes. And just, <laughs> it's, it's like ghost, you know? Peel, peel potatoes. Yep. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yep. <laughs> All right, well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. All right, on G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Cristados pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Who knows? Cristados, pull the lever. It is Joe. All right, let's go. Of a hero, and see the sacrifice within. There's no way out for the hero, he only lives to fight again. A hero says, Oh, not for fortune, effect, but death, freedom, because we all just want it the same. Real heroes don't give up, they fight through the pain. Looks like our hesitant alliance with Destro has paid off. We found Moskin's hideout and rescued our people, as well as Dana from the October Guard and Tomax and Zamot. It looks like Flint and Baroness got tired of waiting on us and freed themselves, so they assisted in our storming of the palace. Everything went pretty well. We even maintained a decent working relationship with Destro in this combined rescue. Even though he betrayed us, we still take no joy in reporting that Lieutenant Gorky from the October Guard was killed in the raid. The only light at the end of that tunnel is that we may be bringing his talented former teammate, Dana, onto the Joe squad. Oh, and just to stir the pot, Baroness kissed Flint and implied they had a relationship while they were captured, strictly to upset Lady J, and it seemed to have worked pretty well. Finally, I think Cobra and Joe might be feeling a little worried over the same thing. Intel reports show that neither side has seen Storm Shadow in quite some time, and that can't be good. Okay, now it's time for our highs and lows and what does on this issue. We are going to do two rounds, Pat. Of course, I'll give you your what? special, oh, okay. Pat, third round. But in your first round, Ice Panther, do you have a high or a low? How you feeling in round one? What you got? There's some pretty fun moments in this one. I love like, Flynn Lay J, so it was nice to see their reunion. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. Funny seeing Destro completely wreck this house. <laughs> <laughs> He did wreck that dude's house. (laughs) Completely. Just the pure comedy of Scarlet and Snake guys making out during gunfight. (laughs) I even (laughs) tweeted about it. (laughs) It was like, okay, we got two panels. How much time is passing here? Okay. Yeah. It was interesting with the twins when they're trying to escape. There seemed to be a little meta because they they didn't want to follow that 80s fad with a certain sports car. I was like, that's pretty funny. Oh, oh, yeah, picked up on that. I mean, of course, they stole the Ferrari at the end. It was interesting watching uh, Baroness and Flint together, though, when they were escaping. I mean, good for G.I. Joe back in the day. They had equal opportunity cleavage on both of them. (laughs) (laughs) You know, 
a little something for the ladies, a little something for the fellows. Exactly, exactly. How do you think that Destro, it kind of seemed like he was all right with what she did once he finally got like, oh yeah, she's going to piss somebody off. And I don't know. He seemed a little confused. Yeah. I, I thought that a little bit as well, too. I'm like, did he get it? Did he not get it? Well, you know, she told him, you have to yeah. trust me on this. Yeah. You know, and he gave her a little bit of leeway there. Sure. Yeah. It was a good moment, though, I thought. It was funny. She was being very stir petty. Stir the pot there. <laughs> oh, yeah. She did that just to stir the pot and stir it. She oh, did. she did. She did. Pat, why don't you pick up some highs and lows? We'll come back to the Ice Panther here in round two momentarily. Pat, what do you got for a high or low here? I think we could go with a high on this one is the kind of finale for Gorky. Through this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we were like, oh, man, that guy's turning on you and... You see his kind of, I don't know, I guess I want to say redemption, but it kind of comes out there where, you know, reasons why he did it was that he got moved to a different place, to a different team. The team he got moved to was very corrupt, and so he did a lot of corrupt things, and it was, you know, just because he needed to make the money and do what he had to do to live. And so, you know, I kind of fell into that trap, but what he begins to tell Dana is, you know, hey, I gave you a heads up about the warehouse or time like that for the warehouse to kind of figure things out that way. So I kind of like how that story turned around and he didn't go out such as a bad guy, so to say. You know, he did what he could had to do and he had his regions. You know, if we were all in that kind of same situation, I'm sure we'd maybe be the same way. So I I like that. I'm glad he didn't go out on a bad note. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which will lead me to to a high, almost like a cheater pat high here. And I'm going to kind of grab a lot of things under one umbrella, some of which ice paint. Oh, I wonder where you get that from. As I, I learned from the best. Mm-hmm. I like this book, this issue 19. Not only does it have a great memorable cover, but it's chock full of just moments. Yes. Like powerful moments. And, and I'm going to run through them briefly. And Ice Panther mentioned some of them. From Destro lighting the place up with his little uh, aerial vehicle there to snake eyes coming in from the chandelier, which led to that wonderful moment where Scarlet says, now I remember why I agreed to marry you. And they kiss and there's an entire battle going on. And it's such a heartwarming (laughs) moment to the his tank showing up at just the right moment to stop Moskin with his tanks to the Baroness, you know, stirring the pot moment to Lady J's reaction. There's just so many standout moments. It's like every time you turn a page or two, there's some standout moment. Mm-hmm. You know, even that Sergeant Adams, the Mayday character we've talked about last, she got hurt a little moment with her sharpshooter skills mm-hmm. yeah. in there. Yeah. It's just like everybody got really, there's so many moments that just kind of like paid off well, in this book. Even Alexander shows up. Yeah, Alexander yeah. showing up. Yeah. I, I thought he was still, you know, yeah, in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Destro's trying to reform him yeah. at this point. But I took a bunch there, so we'll go back to the top of the order. Michael, did you have any highs or lows that you wanted to add in round two? That last page. I mean, that's probably my highest. I mean, the promise of Storm Shadow next issue. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And what a cool drawing, too, with just the sword stuck into the cinder block there. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Just dangling that question, that last last well, panel. Where is he? Question mark. Ninja sword with a cobra flag just stuck in there. Where is he? What is he up to? Good Good cliffhanger. Never good to misplace Tommy. No, you got to keep tabs on that cat. <laughs> He's dangerous. <laughs> what I like about that, though, is we get a little more story going on about the Dreadnoughts 
what happened to them after the last battle they were in and getting caught. So your commander and all that is trying to help them get out of their predicament, I guess, with the twins as their lawyers. But, you know, wouldn't you know by now that the twins are like Cobra lawyers and that they're just, you know, uh, Arpco. Man, they're twins. They look alike. <laughs> Actually, Arpco. Yeah. Nowhere, near, nowhere near Cobra. Yeah, not like the opposite. Oh, uh, yeah, it starts with an A instead of a C. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> I do like the art in this. I think kind of softer, too, on the eyes, just like the cover, I feel. But I think it all flowed well, especially on some of those bigger moments that Jarrett mentioned before, the bigger splash pages that came out of those were just really incredible to see and look at and just made this whole story, I think, pop more. When I read it last night, I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll read half of it and I can, and I'll catch up on the rest of it in the morning. But this was a page turner for me. And it, it was easily breezing through it as well, too, but not at a super pace where I felt fulfilled in reading it when I got done with it. Yeah, I'll agree. I feel like it had a lot of payoff for the story arc, a lot of good balance between, like you said, the art story, the moments. Mm -hmm. It's just one of the more perfect issues where everything came together. You know, all the things we've been talking about over the last two episodes and, you know, issues 17 and 18 all culminate. They all pay off. Yeah. It is a good, good feeling. The only thing I can see on this is that when they draw Flint is like, he is like super buffed out. <laughs> He's like beefcake, beefcake, Flint 2000. <laughs> that was definitely those figures at that time too. There were triangles. Yeah. So that, like that, that era of figures was a little beefier. Yeah. But that's all right though. I'm like, wow, that guy is just like, what's he been doing? He's all jacked up. <laughs> you know, I'm really glad they put a name tag on gung ho because when he kind of first had his big moment, I was like, is that Dr. Mike? <laughs> that's what I thought too. <laughs> He's the only one that showed up with a name tag, though. Yeah. Thank goodness he did, too, because I was like, Dr. Mindbender, what are you doing here? Why are you not shirtless? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, is that that cold? And <laughs> Czechoslovakia? <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. I think that's about the end of our official rounds, but we got burning highs and lows. Anything you have left to say? Michael, you got anything left in the tank, or did you get everything out? No, I think I got it all. All right, that's the Ice Panther, ladies and gentlemen, and over to the Cristados to do what he does best, which is extend this segment of the show. What do you got, DJ Cristados? I think I went through everything that I could on this one, besides the highlight of seeing Snake Eyes and Scarlet together again was a pretty cool moment. The other thing was just the torture guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finally got what was going on to him as well, too, so I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, right at the beginning of the issue, too. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Wow. I feel like I had yeah. to pick up for your slack. I did forget to mention that Josh Blaylock reminded us that the whole point of this cover, which he said upset so many people, was to get the payoff panel of Lady J punching Flint, which was an homage to one of the 80 series covers. And he wanted to get that homage moment in there for fun. And he said it caused such a kerfuffle because of the <laughs> cover. And people were lighting up message boards, and he's like, well, just read the book. You know, we did it so we could have that moment come back, you know, from the 80s. And I thought, oh, that's kind of clever. And the way he did it made it clever, too, because, you know, the way the Baroness basically just set him up for, <laughs> for <Yeah>. that. <laughs> but he's a big guy. He's so buff. He took he took that. Yeah. I already fainted before that, though. <laughs> so he's a little, little woozy. Although I will admit, I get why he did it, and I know why he wanted that moment. But it did feel... 
maybe a little out of character for Lady J would be it. Yeah. I would... Maybe heat of the moment, the adrenaline's pumping from the battle, but feels like she would have at least asked him to explain <laughs> himself before hauling off and <laughs> going to physical violence. But hey, you know, it's yeah. it's G.I. Joe and everybody's hopped up. <laughs> there's, a, there's a adrenaline. There's yeah. tanks all over the place. Tanks everywhere. Yeah. Especially if Destro wasn't doing anything about it. Then I'd be like, okay, well, this guy's not doing anything about it then. Well, I mean, there's no money involved, so. <laughs> Dest- Destro's definitely wanting that, wanting that credit card number. <laughs> but that's it. But that's his lady. You know, <laughs> cash rules everything around Destro. Creed, yeah, exactly. the money, dollar, dollar <laughs> exactly. bills, y'all. It's all about the gold chain. <laughs> okay, I think that will sum it up nicely, and I will hand this back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. All right, thank you, Death Probe. And for those of you who don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue story on the same one to ten flag points scale we used earlier. So, Ice Panther, one to ten flag points for the story. First, I want to give it an eight. Just me, it's a solid issue, but at the first read, I was a little confused because I hadn't read the first two parts. Reading it again, taking mm-hmm. my time, it got better. I mean, I'd say a nine for the last page because that's like, know, yeah. that's promising something. And I, like, I looked ahead the next two issues, oh, and they're good ones. So, the only thing I know about the next issue is the cover, and it yeah. looks yeah. so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's the, what I remember. The, yeah, there's two covers, one the connecting and the alternate. They're both oh. really good. Telemundo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Death Probe, one to ten. Full blown ten. Love it, love it, love it. Very memorable, excellent issue, perfect payoff to what we already were loving. We were given nines of the story arc, eights and nines all throughout. Guests were here, you, me, Jason, whoever started the story arc with us. I can't, that's two, two episodes ago. I can't be expected to remember that. I thought it was all sevens last last uh, episode. Paul was here and he yeah. was all about some sevens. You know, <laughs> yeah, you got to factor in the foreign exchange rate with Australia, but. Anyways, I'm giving this a full-blown 10. I thought it was a great payoff, great moments. The moment I saw Snake Eyes come through that glass window and just light everybody up to include Scarlet's heart, she kisses him for it. It was like, oh, this is just, this is G.I. Joe in a bottle right here. I'm giving this damn thing a 10. (laughs) What about you, Pat? I am not going to give it a 10, but I'm going to give it a high 9. Definitely a high 9. Son of a I'm sorry. Is that a not official uh, half point? <laughs> yes. It's, Ooh. A Ooh. it's a full salute nine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I do agree. I mean, this three-part story definitely did pay off at the end here. And there seems to be some still some other stuff going. What becomes of Dana? I think that's interesting to find out uh, if she joins us. I think she moves to New York, mm-hmm. becomes a cellist, ends oh. up with a haunted refrigerator, and links up with Peter Venkman eventually. Mm, interesting. Wrong Dana. My bad. Oh, Got oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely do like how this all paid off with that whole story arc here. So giving it a nine, a, a high salute nine. <laughs> Joe November was with here a snapping arm. at 9.5, but he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With our scoring out of the way. It's now time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry or sneaky snakeitude in this issue. (laughs) 
This is where each of us will get to reward the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty, either on the Joe or Cobra side, or even below the call of duty. We'll find out. Ice Panther, who's got your vote? I think I reward a silver star to, to Lady J. A little, it was slightly out of character, but it was funny. Watch her knock Flynn on his butt. Um, <laughs> also, she as she's walking away, she flexed on Destro. Like, do you want some too? I got the column A, I got the column B. And then you have the background. Snake Eyes was holding his jaw because I think he felt it too. Oh, <laughs> he did. I yeah, missed that one. Yeah, he, he think he's sympathy pain in there for Flint. So yeah, definitely, definitely a J on that one. Death Probe. I'm going to give it to Snake Eyes. I mean, he gets the baller moment. He's got the wonderful lady. Mm-hmm. It's good times all around, man. I mean, there's so many to pick from this There's issue, so many, but yeah. But when I think about the issue, the thing I remember most is that busting through the window and then the tender moment between him and Scarlet. Just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So Snake Eyes probably going to win a ton of these. So just add this one to his trophy rack. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to choose some sneaky snakeitude, and I'm going with the Baroness with her sneakiness that she did there. Just to throw the Joes off and Lady J as well, too, just to add that to the fire. And now I'm going to go ahead and hand it back to Jarrett for the segment called Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. All right, Pat, in this segment, I'll take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, I've selected, I think for the first time, a vehicle. We oh, saw. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we did. I think it's the first time. I think. We saw the Hiss Tank in this issue make a big difference because Moleskin was rolling in with his tanks and it looked like mm-hmm. he might put up a fight and give him a big uh, what to do by blowing up his own house just to kill everybody. And then those his tanks rolled in at the last moment and saved the day. And I thought, well, why not do the vehicle? Why not give the his tank a little bit of love for their moment in this book? So sure. here we go. We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Description of your basic his tank when it first came out was a black tracked armored vehicle with double Diablo cannons that can elevate and swivel. It seats one driver and one gunner with room to transport two more standing on a small platform in the rear. It came with the Hiss driver, who you may remember was basically a red-suited, red face-plated. Guy, yeah. Yep, you got it, you got it. And your history on it is the first Hiss was released in Series 2 in 1983, and it was discontinued in 1985, although it was fairly popular, so it remained available in Mailway all the way until 1991. Oh. As of this recording which is March of 2021, there have been 19 versions of the Hiss tanks over the years. And the one featured in this issue is modeled after the Hiss Mark IV, which was released in 2002, right around the time of this comic. So I think we saw a little bit of toy placement there, but I think Mm. it was well, well done. You say toy placement? This comic Mm. had toy placement in it? Occasionally. (laughs) That's that's weird. (laughs) I thought this was a romance book. <laughs> well, you like the soft Duped covers. again. Duped again. Oh, Duped again. darn. Mm. 
Mm. Man, I tell you, I love the Hiss tank, man. That was a cool vehicle. I had it back in the day, probably 83 when this came out. I got mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. The original one, the black, yeah. yeah. Black, yeah, Dude, with that, the red that, guy. Yeah, that driver stood out because it was like bright red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had like thigh-high boots. <laughs> yep, yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. That was cool. The only thing I didn't like is like the two guns, like one of them broke. So now you only had like one and a half a broken one there. Yeah, they mentioned too on, because I get my information from yojo.com yeah. and and of course my vague memories. Um, but they mentioned that it was kind of easy to break the cannon. So it would just want to point down, mm. you know, as you get older, that'll happen. It just, <laughs> just wants to point down. Yeah. But it, they said that was like an easily breakable thing that happened to a lot of his tanks. Because apparently cannibal. there's some sort of like tab under there that if it got broken, then. It, it wouldn't uh it wouldn't stay stand up. up stay up yeah well because you put the guy in there too you know the guy <laughs> doesn't doesn't help hold it up though <laughs> it's getting Just, weird <laughs> let's move on oh let's move on uh what about you ice panther did you have a his tank in your toy collection or nah i did i think that was my first cobra vehicle actually yeah. the only cobra figure i had for a long time Oh, okay. So you're, yeah. You, you kind of, I saw your eyes light up when we mentioned the Hiss driver. You were like, oh, I know this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was the bad guy he for was a long yeah. <laughs> Exactly. He was your, he like, was your yep. main Cobra guy there. Bright red, one bad guy in his own tank. That's nice. about it. I, I, yeah. I, you know, as much as I like to brag on the show about all these cool things I had when I was a kid and that Jason didn't have, mm-hmm. never had a Hiss tank. Always mm-hmm. wanted one. Never got one. I know y'all feel sad for me, especially Jason's probably tuning in right now. Just like, yeah. man, it's a dang shame. Mm. Yeah, the solo <laughs> tear running down his cheek. But okay, well, that is the His Tank. Again, the one from the book is His Mark Four from 2002, which makes perfect sense. Let me ask you this once. Has the His Tank, and I don't know my toy history correctly or, or that well, but has the His Tank ever been used as a Joe vehicle? You know, like when they do like Tiger Force or yeah, stuff like repurposed. that. Yeah, repurposed. Because that would be cool. I would think it would be, but I don't know exactly. I know they just re-released it recently under the retro line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. That's cool. Pat, in 2015, there was a version called the G.I. Joe Chimera, which oh. used the original Hiss model. And it was part of the Crimson Strike set for the 50th anniversary. And it looks to be... Yep, it is a Joe vehicle. So in 2015, they did repurpose it as a Joe vehicle called the G.I. Joe Chimera. Oh, cool. The nice. more you know. There you go. I'd like to have one of those. That'd be cool. Chimera? Yeah. It's fun to say. Chimera. <laughs> I knew that's how you would say it. If you're, <laughs> I say that because actually there's a comic shop that I go to in town is Chimera. But mm-hmm. I always call it Chimera. <laughs> and of when they do like the can. ads... They call it Shimmera, too, so. When I first saw the word, that's what I thought it was. I don't even think I knew the word until I saw Mission Impossible 2. With the, I think it was called the Chimera Virus. And I saw the word on screen, and they pronounced it, and I went, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> word. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. I, I knew that all along. All along, sure. All right, Pat, give us right, that feedback. So, all right, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Cops. As always, we'll start off combat comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy early access to special Longbox Crusade video episodes. 
free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefit and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Starlight, star bright, the first Kathy Bright I see tonight. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Wagner, you may know him as Ice Panther. Angelica Wolf. Oh. I was like, coming off of you. <laughs> Auburn Elvis, thank you very much. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Bob Busta Busta. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. Battle Wagon. Gerald Green. Greg Van, living every minute of it. Jeremy L. We jumping, we jumping, we jumping, we jumping. <laughs> we jumping. I hope you like Jarman too. It's Jim Jarman. Joe No Half Seas Thomas. John Watson. Jose Pollo. Josh Strickland. Slackers. Mysterious Mark Hatherley. Maxwell Trava. Miranda W. Number seven. Uh, oh, all right. Paul Harris. <laughs> oh, callback. I like it. He's been paying attention to previous episodes. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Captain Morgan. Uh, Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cap. And Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you are a recent addition, we should be adding you pretty soon. But no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at lawboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? Uh, by accident, I think. <laughs> I was trying to get it with That's a how bit. you became My- a, a, a Crusaders Club member? You lost a bet. <laughs> oh, I got to be a Crusaders oh, Club member. I got lost. <laughs> I clicked my credit card information. <laughs> no. Well, we're glad you did. Yes. And since he's not Jason. Yes. But anyway, Pat, how would I, assuming that I'm not Jason, the weasel skull, mm-hmm. how would I become a member? And does it come with any, do they get like popsicles in the mail? Popsicle sticks? Yes. Okay. yes. <laughs> By the time it shows up. <laughs> yes. By the time it shows up, you have popsicle sticks. You may be able to lick the cardboard or the wrapper. <laughs> anyway, how do they become a member? Well, Jarrett, I'm glad you asked. It's simple. Just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come and check it out. Now let's go ahead and see what messages from our loyal platoon of listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's Comsat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. These are from two episodes ago where we featured issue number 17 the Cabal, with special guest Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick. Bravo team leader. That he is. Okay, we got a comment from Anything Joes, which is cool. I think that our first time commenter. <laughs> Anything Joes. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, Anytime I, I gotta do yeah, that. It makes sense. I've seen, that too. I've seen that show so many times. Anyways, interesting fact about Paige Adams, although the comic gave her her first real name, the codename is a direct homage to the G.I. Joe Extreme Vehicle Driver, codename Mayday. And that, Mm. anything, Joe's really helped clear some stuff up because remember we were a little confused about who she was and I looked her up. I said she's got a codename named Mayday, but we were like, we've never heard of Mayday. 
Maybe she came later in the art. Well, she came much later during G.I. Joe Extreme, which our friend Joe Slepsky over on the Joe on Joe podcast knows all about. If you're interested in Joe Extreme, definitely check out Joe on Joe. I think he's gone through every episode now. And for the cartoon, Weasel yeah. Skull and I appeared on one. Did you go on that, Pat? Or was that just... It was me, I was going to show, but then, yeah, I, I couldn't make that show. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, if you are interested in G.I. Joe Extreme, you want to know more about that, please check out Joe Slepsky's podcast, Joe on Joe. I do think that the G.I. Joe Extreme comic was like about four issues, wasn't it? Like a little miniseries? Perhaps. I, I know I, I have, have one of them. I think I have like issue three or something. Uh, was, was that the series with the Frank Miller first cover from Dark Horse? Possibly, I think it was Probably, under Dark yeah, Horse, yeah. but I it, don't remember. I, I guess I have issue like three. Black, it's a black, white, and red, white, and blue. Yeah, oh. so we had uh, yeah. I, Ooh, it was I cool cover. Bringing the one knowledge. Is, yeah, number one was a cool cover. Probably was Frank. Definitely, man. that's just the stream knowledge that I know is from the comic. When that came out, it's like, oh man, we got some new Joe. Mm. I was so excited for it. Those mm. figures are weird, though. Yeah. It's, the cartoon was weird, but very entertaining and a really cool art style. So I was a, like Joe Slipsky said, a lot of people poo poo mm-hmm. it, but if you really sit down and watch it, it's not bad. Right. Not bad. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check that out. All right, I will take one from Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout. It's our friend Rick in the attic, and he says, "B Team Commander for the win." Oh. A little love for the weasel skull. Yeah. Remember during that episode, he got demoted to C team to Charlie <laughs> T's commander, but then he like made it back to Bravo T. Yeah. The ups and downs life of Jason. Yeah. <laughs> you never can Donald tell. Anything goes. <laughs> Anything Jones. <laughs> oh, okay. Over to the Ice Panther. You could either one you want, dude. Green Lantern HG says, I couldn't expect anything but perfection out of this group, but then you bring back the big gun at Weasel Skull. Damn straight, this is getting the trophy. Great episode, guys. Nice. Who's getting the trophy? I don't. Maybe all of us. And since Weasel Skull was so popular as the Bravo team leader, he should probably get the proby. So reward. Give him the proby. Yeah, Weasel Skull. And the we'll proby. take the trophy, you and me, because you mm-hmm. know why? Mm. Anything, Anything goes. Anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. And finally, we have a comment from friend of the show and former guest, Delvin Cox from the Delvin Cox Experience podcast. He said, have Almighty Ray on the podcast or we riot. I wonder who's going to be on next episode. Ooh. Mm. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Ooh, that's his code name? No, it's Almighty Ray. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> oh, I thought his name was Cliffhanger. That sounds more like that's a cool name, though, man. Transformers name. That's Cliff Jumper, though, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like the guy on Cheers. Cliff Claven. Cliff Claven. Never mind. No. <laughs> anyway, I got a sidetracked again. A little, little known fact. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Michael knows what's up. All right, guys. This is going to bring us to mission complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, vintage TV, serials, movies, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Christados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at... Back to you, Pat! I can be found at Christatos01. Jared? I am at Yard Sale Artist, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or your local Wendy's. It is at Yard Sale Artist. 
Ice Panther, Michael Wagner. Where can folks find you if they want to chat with you or if you want to remain secret, you don't have to tell them anything. Mostly on Twitter at Michael underscore A Wagner. Boom. That's where we found him. Yeah. <laughs> we found him kind of just cold and alone. In his, <clears throat> we found him rolling in his 5.0 with the right top down so the wind can blow. Ice, Ice Panther. <laughs> I was wondering where we were going. It's too cold. Too cold. <laughs> With an uh, ice, ice panther. I'm not doing. I'm not dropping in any music for you. That's all acapella for you. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to interact with us with live chat, be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles. Join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube, second Sunday of every month, starting at 3:30 p.m. Central Time. If there's a holiday, we will bump it back a week, but just stay tuned to our social media accounts, and you'll know what's up. You can get signed up for our YouTube by. Going to www period YouTube period com and just search Longbox Crusade. You'll find us. We'd really love it if you gave us a subscription. And if you want notifications for when we go live, because you can't keep up with our hectic schedule, just click the bell. It'll tell you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover issue 20, Closure, part one of two. Until then, platoon, fall out. Yo, Yo Joe. Joe! Anything goes! Anything Joe's! <laughs> <laughs>The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at joseflin 99 That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-99. You will not regret it.